Welcome to the SLP Happy Hour Podcast. We are a podcast for SLPs with big hearts who are looking for ways to improve the lives of ourselves and the humans we work with. In this podcast, we discuss habit change, realistic things we are trying to do to make our home and work lives happier and healthier. And we also share specific how-tos so you can leave feeling confident about working with your clients. We are the How to and Habit Change podcast, and if you are a like-minded SLP, welcome. Let's learn together. This podcast will help you maintain your cool and calm in a helping profession full of ups and downs and moments of chaos. Over here at SLP Happy Hour, we are all about more calm and less chaos. This episode is a special interview episode where we talk about an important topic, how to engage toddlers. I'm Sari Wu. And I'm Sarah Lockhart. This episode, we have Leah Curtin of Speech and Language at Home with us to answer our most asked toddler questions and share five easy tips for first sessions with toddlers, what to do, what to talk to parents about, and how to engage those little ones in speech and language learning. Leah is a fantastic SLP with a ton of experience with the birth to five population, and she's our go-to resource for everything toddler and preschool related. And we have a feeling that after today's podcast, she'll be your go-to SLP as well. If you're interested in learning more about Leah, you can find her at speechandlanguageathome.com. But before the interview, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank all of our sponsors for making today's show possible. That's right. And SLP Now is one of our sponsors. SLP Now provides you with materials for your pediatric caseload with the click of a button with your monthly membership. And you can find all the information at slpnow.com happy. This episode is also sponsored by us. One of our values this season is community. And that means building relationships in real life with other SLPs, friends, and family. We've got a quick start guide to help you move forward with deepening your relationships this year. And you'll get a free copy when you sign up for our newsletter on our website. So we are about to get Leah on the line. But before we do, a quick ad break. Everyday Speech is sponsoring this episode. Everyday Speech provides a huge online library of social skills materials, including social skills videos, interactive web games, and hundreds of printable activity packets. Everyday Speech has materials for working on conversation skills, problem solving, self-regulation, and even more skills that our kiddos work with on a daily basis. With a huge library of materials and new materials being added every month, there's something for everyone. The best part is all their materials are no prep, so you've got hundreds of instant lessons ready to go. All you have to do is press play. With their advanced searching and filtering, all it takes is a couple of clicks to find the perfect material for your next session. You can get a no obligation 30-day free trial so you can try it out and see if it's a fit. And listeners get 10% off their first year by visiting everydayspeech.com happy. That's everydayspeech.com slash happy for a 30-day free trial and 10% off your first year. Running your own practice 
has its share of challenges and there never seems like there's enough time to get everything done that needs to be done. Administrative tasks are necessary, but so time consuming. Imagine streamlining that admin work that can take up so much of your time every day. With simple practice, you can automate client reminders to help your clients avoid missing appointments, set up auto pay and easily file insurance claims. Perfect for pediatrics and adults, simple practice lets you access all of your information in one place, saving you time. Simple practice is mobile friendly and works with any laptop or tablet. The mobile app makes seeing clients and documenting sessions seamless and easy, and their secure client portal gives your clients the ability to complete intake forms, view invoices, and make payments completely paperless, saving them time. Haven't you been waiting for something like this long enough? Visit paperlessslp.com and get started today with a 30-day free trial and run your practice the simple way. Simple practice for SLPs, it's about time. And we're back. Just a quick mention, a portion of our profits will go to our favorite charity, Charity Water, and that's the profits are coming from our advertising, and we'll link them up in the show notes. And now on to the interview. Welcome, Leah. Hi, glad to be here. So we always start with a lightning round of questions, Leah, just to warm us up and get to know you better. Does that sound okay? Sure. Okay, let's do it. What podcast are you listening to lately? Not a rigged question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did catch up on my SLP happy hour podcasts. Um, But the last one I listened to is actually the True Confessions with Lisa and Sarah. Mm, We love that that podcast. We listen to. What is keeping you busy right now? Um, Driving my kids. I feel like I'm always in the car. (laughs) What is your signature meal that you cook if you know company is coming over? Uh, that would be enchiladas. Man, if you lived closer, I'd be on my way. <laughs> oh, my go-to. Are you messy or clean, organized or disorganized? I have gotten to be pretty clean and organized. I haven't always been that way, but now, yes, clean and organized. So there's hope for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's changed. It's definitely evolved, sure. And what's a habit that you are consistent with and a habit that you just can't seem to keep? Ooh, um, I have been pretty good about doing yoga in the mornings, even if it's like five to 10 minutes of stretching. Um, but I just cannot seem to drink enough water. I'm, so I want to, but I'm just so bad about that. Yep, I'm there with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And professionally or personally, what's a project you're working on right now? Uh, I mentioned cooking. So yes, improving Mm -hmm. my cooking skills, just learning some new recipes and becoming a better cook. Um, And what is one big goal you're working on? Um, I'm working on learning more about AAC. I feel like this is always an area I can learn more in. Yeah. Yeah. And learning more about AAC is so rewarding too. Yeah. It, it just, it's practical and it's so helpful to um, your students. And it changes uh, so much. You got to keep up with it. Yes. Yes. You have to keep up over the years. If you had just a few words to describe your um, SLP therapy style, what would they be? Uh, 
probably winging it. <laughs> I'm, I'm really good at using, you know, like practically anything around me for speech. You get good at that, especially in early intervention, just to grab what's at hand. Mm-hmm. We become masters of improv. That yes. Is for sure. Yes. <laughs> so Leah, let's get into questions that our listeners have been asking about working with toddlers and getting that ever elusive engagement. So here we have our top five questions asked about this topic, and Leah has got you covered with answers. So when I work with especially young children and families, I know establishing rapport with both the child and the family is so important. So how do you make that happen? How do you do that? Yes, totally agree. Um, What I do whenever whenever possible is I let the child come to me first. So like I'll sit on the floor and I'll look around for toys that have been played with a lot. Um, Of course, I'll also ask the parents questions, which is a great way, you know, it's a good icebreaker for coaching. Um, So I'll try and engage the child with their toys uh, or have the parents show me how they would play with their child. And we just kind of go from there. But, um, If a child isn't engaging and they're sort of off doing their own thing, then I would just go sit next to them and observe and then just try and slowly join in if I can. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, that being said, you never know when, you know, when you're working with a new family, what kind of a situation you're walking into. So I do keep a few things with me just for emergency activities. I like to have bubbles or a spinning top or a wind-up toy or a car, um, just in case. Yeah. And it sounds like it's about not, um, not making the first sessions about you, you know, watching, observing, playing near and letting that, letting a child slowly just get used to you being around, get used to how you play and how you are letting a child observe and not just going in like, Hey, I'm the super fun SLP lady, you know, like, uh, I really like that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Leah, what can you do to explain communication disorders to parents and establish rapport with parents during those early sessions? Yes. Well, um, you know, I like to keep my descriptions about the disorders pretty general. Um, I kind of block out the progression, sort you know, starting with the social skills, the receptive language, expressive language, and then onto speech intelligibility. Uh, there may be a few parents who, you know, if they've done their research or they have kids, older kids who've been in speech, um, and they may have more specific questions about that. But I find that most parents really are just wanting their kids to have services. So the education part really falls more on teaching the the parents the strategies. Uh, So that's kind of where I focus on what they can do during daily activities. You know, but I I do work with a range of families. So some are more involved and, you know, they want 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 those ideas. And, but, you know, that's not always the case. Some families are, you know, less interested in the coaching model when we when we're talking about early intervention you really they really focus on that parent education piece but it's it's just not always that easy so when i'm when i'm working with families um that are a little more resistant i like to just just like we work with kids and breaking down goals i'll do the same thing with families i'll break down um 
my education. And one month we may talk about, you know, toy organization and, you know, I'll model it for them, talk about strategies and then follow up and, um, you know, see if they, if that's a strategy that they can implement. Um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, you'd be surprised, like sometimes six months later, they'll ask me about, you know, toy organization again. So I really just try and meet parents where they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's so important. I think sometimes SLPs, and I think I was guilty of doing this in the beginning, just want to share all of the information. No. And they're just not there yet. They can't process it. They're not SLPs. They don't know what all of these fancy things mean. So you really got to break it down and make it digestible for them to understand. Yeah, just a little bit at a time can be more effective than, um, you know, say having a, a, you know, sharing too much all at once. And I think one of the most important things that I've learned is just meeting parents where they're at. So not only keeping things digestible, but like you were saying, Leah, um, parents will have different ranges Mm -hmm. of motivation and desire Mm -hmm. to be involved or not. And I think that, you know, you can choose to be upset with that or to be judgmental of that parent, which will make you miserable and pretty negative. Or you can choose to believe that, you know, different parents are in different situations. We never truly know what anyone else is going through. And we're going to meet people where they are, accept where they are, and try to encourage, but not to push. Because ultimately, we, the ultimate goal is to keep children in speech therapy. And if we make enemies out of their parents or make the parents just feel bad, like they're not doing well, mm-hmm. um, that kid's not going to stay in speech therapy, which is what Yeah, we I want. agree 100%. We just have to and it is sometimes just those little things that we say that make more of an impact than we realize. So um, even just staying with it, um, it, it will be helpful for to the parents in the long run, not to give up on them, that they really do want what's best for their child. So. Mm-hmm. so with the families that are motivated and uh, want to do work at home with their children. So we're talking about preschoolers and toddlers. Um, What kind of homework or activities do you give for homework? um, And what language do you use to talk about home practice? Well, I like to get the parents involved by having them track the goals. Uh, So for example, if a child is working at the single word level, um, I keep two sets of word lists. I'll keep one for my records and an identical set with the family. So at the beginning of our session, you know, I'll ask them what if they've heard any new words that week, and then we'll go ahead and add them to the lists. Um, that way, you know, the parents are involved and then they can see the progress. And I'll also, I'll like date the list too. So it's really nice to go back and um, you can see where the child is started, maybe just imitating and when they're, you know, how long it takes them to be using words more consistently. And that is so much good advice about working with young children and their parents. And there are things that I necessarily learned in grad school. How about you, Sari? Absolutely yeah. not. Like okay. you learn so much more just being in the field. And talking to other yes. SLPs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly done plenty of things that aren't following this advice. And I've learned the hard way a lot of times. Um, but I've also learned 
new things by talking to other SLPs to help me move forward and like Sari said, through experience. <laughs> so next up, we have some specific questions about how to write goals and how to choose goals, how to work with toddlers who are refusing and even more tips for toddler sessions. But first up, an ad break. As SLPs, we know that reading research articles is time-consuming. One thing that's helped me is my membership to the Informed SLP. The Informed SLP is an advertiser on this podcast, but I pay for my own membership because it's so helpful. Let the Informed SLP help you by doing the research for you. They search all the top SLP journals every month looking for articles that are highly relevant to your daily practice and they provide you with plain language summaries of the most clinically applicable research. It's how smart SLPs do EBP. You can join by going to theinformedslp.com and you'll get 50% off your first three months with the code SLPHAPPYHOUR. We're back with our interview with Leah Curtin, who is our resident guru on everything toddlers. So Leah, uh, would you please share with us what is your favorite general toddler expressive language goal? And what are some standard goals that you like to yeah, use? Yeah, so um, well, I work in the medical home care setting, so we complete like informal evaluations and update our goals every 60 days. So this was a challenge for me at first, uh, but I think breaking them down in two months has been really helpful. Uh, a lot of the kids that I see are working on really early communication skills. And of course, parents really want to see those words. So if that's where the kid is at, that's going to be a goal that I'll track. Um, so we may be working on either just signs or pictures um, or words. So I'll add, add those to our word lists. So a goal might just be uh, the child will add three new words to their word list, you know, add three new words that they can say spontaneously. Do you use a goal bank at all? I don't. I kind of, I mean, I guess I have some that I use more frequently, but I just, I work on them with parents. So if I kind of see what's important to them and we, we kind of write them together and I'll bring in language from other goals that I've written before, but I like to write them out with the parents so that they they have the input in that as well. It's very personalized yeah. and very collaborative. Uh, let's move along a little bit to behavior. So I have a question specifically um, for kids who have short attention spans and who may be on the autism spectrum. So if you're working with a toddler who's really struggling and who's maybe repetitively running around the room, maybe saying no or refusing or throwing or pushing items away and who isn't doesn't really have attention, isn't playing with toys for more than a few seconds and doesn't want others in their play. Like, where do you even start? So I do often run into this with my students who are, or my learners who are on the spectrum or who maybe aren't right. identified yeah. yet. Yes, but, exactly. Know. Exactly. Um, and they may have a lot of echolalia and they are not in preschool. Mm -hmm. They come to see you and they're having a mm -hmm. hard time. So what do you do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So with those kids, I, you know, I really just focus on building that rapport and joint attention. Um, 
you know, the most important thing is that if the child will spend time with you. So, I mean, I love this part of our job because each kid is so different and we, we really need to find what interests them and then use that to help build communication. So it could be physical games such as chase and tickle and ring around the rosy are good places to start. Uh, okay. Playing under a blanket, um, so the playing under a blanket, this helps um, keep them in one spot, but it's also good for blocking out distractions and it helps them to look at you. So some materials, I mean, like I've used tents or those tunnels, but, you know, even just scarves or blankets, I'll do this with. Um, another thing that is helpful is just sitting in something. So like a, a box or a laundry basket that will help provide that kind of defined space, which will help them focus. Um, I may include a toy like a puppet or, you know, one of their small favorite interesting toys. Um, and we just build that up so that they'll stay with me for longer periods of time. Yeah. And something that I've learned over the years is definitely if you don't have attention and if you don't have engagement, you don't have learning. So if they can't attend to a toy for more than a few seconds, you can't model more play sequences. Right. Or, you know, so that's really important. So Leah, what do you do with toddlers who reject and don't complete activities? Those kiddos who say no, or maybe they don't, maybe they just walk away. How do you get toddler pre-K kiddos to buy in when you know you are there to make them talk and so they don't want to do anything um, yeah. that is your idea? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Kids are so smart. I mean, they really do figure out why we're, why we get them to, that we're there to get them to talk. They, they, they figure us out. Um, and, you know, that's why I think that the parent input is so important because it's not you know, it's not really what the child will do with me. It's more important to know what they do during the rest of their day, during the daily activities, because that's when the child's really communicating more naturally. So I do rely a lot on parent information to get a good picture about what the child is saying. That part for like the expressive component. And if they're not talking when I'm there, you know, they just kind of shut down. Then I just go back to that rapport and play skills. I'll really focus more on um, trying to just have fun with them again. And then as they're more engaged, then we kind of sneak in more of that expressive language. So we've learned a lot today. And to sum it up, I'm going to summarize with five things that we've learned today for those sessions with toddlers. So tip one I loved, which was start with either observing the child playing on the floor or watching the child play and maybe you're playing and letting the toddler come to you instead of requesting right away. Tip two, have your Mary Poppins bag of emergency toys that you can dig into. Mm -hmm. um, so here are some of all of our favorites. We compiled a list, maybe an animal puzzle, stacking blocks that you can knock down, a shape sorter toy, um, rocket balloons and balloon pumps, those ball popper toys like animals that you squeeze their tummy and then the ball shoots out. Um, and then just having a box of tiny toy objects. We also like bubbles, spinning tops, and wind-up toys. Tip three is to focus on parent education and home activities. Again, meeting parents where they're at. Tip four, have parents take data whenever possible so that they can see growth. 
Tip five, our final tip is remember that coaching looks different for every family. Every interview episode, before we let you go, Leah, we are going to ask for one self-care challenge from our listeners. Do you have one to share with our listeners, Leah? Um, yeah, like when I'm doing, you know, goals or self-care, I I like to look for like social challenges that I can participate in. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of that, like the um, yoga with Adrian. Mm-hmm. She does her like 30 days of yoga with Adrian. So I've done that. Um, there's like 100 days of real food. I've done that 10 day version. Um, I think a few years ago, I did like a book club. We read like a book a week, 52 books in one year. Um, there was like an online book club. So I, I don't know. I think it's fun to set those goals that you can do with other people. Um, it's, I just find it more motivating and more fun. That also sounds like a really good way to build a supportive community, which is one of our focuses this um, season, Um, because you have this whole group of people who are doing these types of things with you who can support you along the way, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a great self-care challenge. Thanks for sharing that one. And there you have it. It's our first how-to episode. We hope this episode is one of many as we dig into topics that really matter to SLPs so that we can improve our clinical skills and clinical confidence. This episode, I appreciated Leah's tips for letting the toddler come to you to initiate interactions the first time if possible. Focus on what services you will be providing to toddlers when talking with parents and have them track their child's progress on their goals. And I'd like to encourage you to accept Leah's self-care challenge to participate in one of those social challenges that you can find online a lot of the time or on Instagram sometimes, and let us know how it goes. We will be on it too. You can find out more about us at slphappyhour.com or on social media as slphappyhour, and we will link to Leah's website and social media in the show notes. If you learned something new from this episode, please share it with a friend. Make sure you are subscribed and please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we love it when you take a selfie of you listening in and maybe even something you learned and post it on social media. Make sure to tag us. We'd love to see it. But if you only do one thing, rate or review us. We'll have a direct link in the show notes. It makes a huge difference for us and it's the number one way you can help us out. We hope this episode was a little slice of an SLP happy hour for you. We enjoyed recording it. Until next time, this has been SLP Happy Hour.